Let's talk a little bit about Humda. You're listening to the Compliance Insiders with Roger Fendelman, where you can hear the best and brightest experts in the mortgage industry discuss compliance and technology issues that affect you. It's all you need to know in 10 minutes or less. I'm speaking with Melissa Kaziki. She's Director of Compliance for Mortgage Builder and AltaSource Business Unit. She's been with the company for the past 11 years and has many years of experience in compliance and operations. Melissa, vendors are hard at work upgrading their systems, and you've been personally very active in leading the industry on implementation challenges. Let's talk about just a few of them. Putting aside any privacy concerns or some of the other issues about the new Humda rule, the issue with the technical side of it doesn't seem to be with its general principles, but rather with the minute details. For example, the new Humda data elements. I'm hearing different things about just how many new data points there actually are. Wondering if you can shed a little bit of light on this issue. Sure. I hear a lot of different numbers as well, and it depends how you want to classify the data elements. But if you look at the loan application registry, the LAR today has 39 loan level fields. The LAR tomorrow is going to have 110. That's an increase of 71 data elements per loan. A lot of times when you hear people say, oh, there's only a few new fields, they may be referring to something like AUS as if it were an individual field. But really, there are 15 data elements on the LAR that apply to the AUS. So I think 110 is the more useful number. That's what we're working toward. Right. So that's definitely an increase over what we had before. But I don't know if people really take into account the fact that contained within the data elements themselves are various enumerations. Absolutely. So somebody may say demographic information, right? Demographics, the new government monitoring. But there's more than one field for demographic. There's more than one field for credit score. They also want the model. And if you look at it all together, again, taking that 110, I think a more useful way to look at the increase is to look at your current pipeline today and say to yourself, okay, if I were to report these loans in 2018, for every loan I report, I have a 318% greater chance of error than I do today. Right. So that's a big difference. Now it's sounding like it's a lot more difficult, a much bigger deal than just adding some data elements because there is an almost infinite number of variations you can have now with new data that hasn't previously been collected. Taking this one step further, Melissa, some people say, aren't these new data elements already contained in the lender's LOS? Is it that big of a deal? The majority already were contained in the LOS. There's a few new fields for manufactured and property information, but for the most part, We're used to having a system that calculates our LTV and our DTI, our credit score, our AUS information. So it's not so much whether or not the fields are in there as do you know what to do with them and is the the data that they contain accurate? I guess then we need to talk a little bit about what the lender needs to do to prepare in terms of updating how they originate loans. Yeah, I think it's all about your policies and procedures, like any big reg. It starts with your policies and procedures. And I think if you start there, rather than letting your technology determine how you're going to do business, you'll be better served. For instance, let's take an easy one, credit score or income. Those are fields we're used to having in the LOS, and we account for them in underwriting. But really, you don't report them every time. So the other trick with these data elements is there are conditionalities and dependencies. So conditionality meaning you're only going to report the credit score or the income if you relied on them to make a credit decision. 
So first you have to figure out, do you know when that is? Do you know what your products are, when you rely on what? And then does your system know? Does your staff know? So that you're reporting not only accurate information, but you're reporting it when you're supposed to. You have to update your policies and procedures, and you have to have new training on how to handle the new data. It's not just as simple as relying on your vendors. This is the million-dollar question. Are people going to be ready in time for the new rule? That is the million-dollar question, and I don't know the answer for everybody. I think, as with anything, some people will be more ready than others. Certainly, it's never too late, but I think going back to those policies, procedures, as well as the technology is really important. I think when there's a big rule, people tend to wait for their vendor to tell them what to do or solve it all for them. And Humda is extremely procedure dependent. In fact, the CFPB has advised that because there's optionality and flexibility in the rule, not every term is defined, that now is a good time to go back and look at your policies surrounding Humda and underwriting and make sure that they're clear and updated. Good points. Has to be done. And hopefully everybody who's listening in has some efforts underway to be ready. Switching gears. You live in Detroit, and my very large staff tells me that Northern Michigan is a beautiful place to get away from it all. It's a great place to get away from everything. So if you've seen the Pure Michigan commercials, you can believe it. It is that beautiful. And we're fortunate enough to have property in the upper peninsula, Michigan's UP, where we are in the woods away from any water, electricity, cell phone signal, internet. So You can't do better than going up there and relaxing in the woods completely unplugged. Melissa, always great speaking with you. Are you a compliance insider? Then go to compliancepodcast.com immediately and join our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Got something to say? Request to be on the show. Go to compliancepodcast.com with your topic ideas. And as always, thank you for listening.